here it is. The most listened to radio show on the planet. Even the other stations are tuned in too. Hey everyone, this is Bradley at home. I've written over 1,300 volcanoes and you're listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. Hi, this is Chris from Airtime Thrills and you're listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. Hey everyone, this is Dylan from Blues Coasters and you're listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. Hi, I'm Casey from Block Breaks and you are listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. Hi, I'm Steve Boney and I work from our rides. I do their sales in North America and Australia and you're listening to Coaster Challenge Podcast. Do you accept the coaster challenge? Yes, I accept the coaster challenge. Do you accept the coaster challenge? Mm-hmm. Coaster challenge podcast is here. It's time to face your fears. Get that theme park therapy and lend us both your coaster ears. Coaster challenge podcast is here. Your fear can disappear. We know that theme park therapy can drive all your tears. Do you accept the coaster challenge? Yes, I accept the coaster challenge. Do you accept the coaster challenge? We accept because you know we're not average. You're listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. A journey where people become fearful to fearless, all from riding roller coasters. So please secure your hats and glasses and keep your hands and arms inside the podcast. It's time to accept the Coaster Challenge with your hosts, Andrew Locke. Hey everyone, this is Andrew. I've got a fun guest uh, joining us today. I'm going to enjoy this conversation very much because he's not just a guest, but he's actually a friend of mine. And he's also, I believe, our first recovering Disney adult. If you're wondering what that (laughs) means, don't worry, we'll get there. I am very proud and excited to welcome to the podcast, Cameron Brown. Welcome, Cameron. Thank you for having me on the podcast. This is really awesome. I appreciate it. We're, uh, we're happy to have you, and you're one of many examples of people that I've been wanting to have on for a while. It's just we have a, a crazy long list. It keeps getting longer of people that either we think of and we, we've talked to about having on the podcast and they want to be on, or people we want to uh, approach, or just people that have come to us. A lot of people keep coming to us, which is great, and actually, you know, it's actually a good time to mention real, real quick here. We mentioned this periodically, but any listeners... If you want to tell your story, you want to talk about facing fear, talk about how theme parks have been not just fun for you, but great for your health and improving the quality of your life, you know, any kind of uh, any struggles in your life that it's helped with, you know, please feel free to reach out to any of us, Kim, myself, David, uh, anyone that's uh, producing the podcast here, you're welcome to reach out and we can uh, get you on the list. So can't promise we'll interview you right away, but at least get you on the list. But anyway, Cameron, you were on the list for a while and now you're here, so uh, awesome. Why don't we start off? Yeah, yeah, we're, yeah. This would be fun. So, why don't we start off? Uh, talk about you know, tell tell our listeners about yourself and your love of parks and coasters. Yeah, so I am a Southern California local uh, coaster enthusiast. There, I feel like there's not a ton of us out here, but I think it's just because everyone's so obsessed with Disney. <laughs> so we, you know. <laughs> So we've got, uh, we're spread out a little bit more out here, I think. But yeah, so I am a Southern California coaster enthusiast. I've been in the community for probably a year or two, at least more actively. But uh, I have loved roller coasters since I was probably eight, eight years old. Yeah, probably. Uh, I've got roller coaster books from my childhood. I played roller coaster tycoon 
I played Roller Coaster Tycoon two. I played Roller Coaster Tycoon three. Uh, yeah, all that was. It's, it's been a big part of my life for a long time, but uh, just started to kind of get more active in the community over the last year or so. So nice. That's awesome. Yeah, I remember. I, I forget who approached you. I want to say maybe you messaged me, but I might be mistaken. You know, on Instagram originally, what is it back in like the fall of twenty twenty one? I think we first started talking. And uh, I, I appreciate, yeah. you know, you joining the community because I think that was not t- too long after you kind of joined the Athusi community, you know, and kind of got away from another community, which we'll talk about later. Um, yeah. And I appreciate that because <laughs> uh, it's been it's been awesome connecting with you, of course, hanging out with you and, and going with that. We've got, gosh, we've been at so many events now. We're about to go to another one, uh, you know. The, and yeah, another one and another one. <laughs> and another one, yeah, three. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's going to be years. going to be awesome. But yeah, so I appreciate that you've joined the community. You're, you're a great part of it. And you know, I think you just mentioned something that a lot of other guests mentioned periodically. And we talk about, for example, you know, whether or not someone's enthusiastic or not, you know, you know, it, you know, kind of a measure if someone's enthusiastic. And at the end of the day, you know, if someone's into coasters, they consider themselves an enthusiast, that's it. But just kind of kind of lighthearted here. You know, we talk about people count coasters, you know, they count credits, they're enthusiastic. You know, if they count rewrites, they're enthusiastic. I think you just gave me another example of how to measure if someone's enthusiastic or not. Just reminded me of this. If if you have played Roller Coaster Tycoon in your life, you're a thuzi. Yep. <laughs> it's part of it's part of the deal, I think. I have yeah. roller coaster, I have open roller coaster tycoon two, um, the rewritten version on my Mac. Uh nice. and I play it on airplanes and flight attendants are so confused when they roll by. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So, yeah. That's um, and then you mentioned also about how the the Thuzies in California, SoCal especially, are few and far between. I have to agree with you on that. You know, I lived in California for years, Southern California especially, and as well as Northern California. And there, yeah, it's mostly Disney people. It's, it's yeah, you know, I it's knew, a big I distraction of, yeah. from the roller coasters. Yeah, a lot of Disney fans, but not many coaster fans. So yeah, yeah. So I mean, you right now, like you know, the the coaster Thuzies that I know. Not the Disney Thuzies in Southern California. That, you know, friends of mine. There's there's you. Uh, there's our my friends Chuck and Chase. There may be a couple others, but there, it, yeah, it's just not many. So yeah, yeah. I've been noticing oh, a lot of youngsters out in the in the SoCal area getting into coasters, and I really love seeing that. There's a lot of twelve to nineteen year old people kind of showing up at Knott's Berry Farm, which is my home park. Uh, so I kind of see them running around together, and I'm like, hey, I appreciate that. There's the, there's the next generation right there. Nice. Nice. Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's great to see, for sure. For sure. So for the first part of the interview, what we do is, you know, because you've listened to our show before, we kind of do what I like to call the theme park time machine and just okay. kind of talk about some things in the past and then kind of get into what we call the fear journey. And then we'll move on to some fun stuff, of course, as we always do. So first thing, it's a, it's kind of a gimme. It's an easy question. Well, in some cases, it's not easy because people don't remember. But what at least is the coaster that you remember riding first? Or maybe your parents could tell you, you know, maybe they've told you. Yeah, you know, so I thought about this. I think the very first roller coaster I rode was one of two. One of, it's got to be one of the two. Matterhorn bobsleds at Disneyland Resort. Or giant dipper at belmont park in san diego oh wow nice and the reason for that i think we probably my family went to san diego 
virtually every every summer when I was growing up. I grew up in Phoenix, so we would we would drive over to San, the San Diego area and stay for a week. And I think that I had I had probably got on Giant Dipper as a as a pretty little guy, but yeah. Um, we also went to Disneyland every several years, so it could have been that, but it was one of the two. Okay, so not like Space Mountain or Big Thunder? You think my Matterhorn was your first? I like think Disney? it was Matterhorn bobsleds, yeah. Interesting. Okay, cool, yeah. cool. Yeah, I also, you know, it's kind of funny, the parallels, and you and I have talked about this offline. I lived in Arizona for about five years, Tucson, because I went to school there, U of A, go Wildcats, and... Uh, <laughs> No sun devils for me. Anyway, um, but, uh, you know, and living in Arizona, yeah, especially in the summertime, yeah, getting out to L.A. or San Diego where it's cooler by the ocean. And, yeah, I totally get why you guys did that. So it makes sense. It's the number one thing to do in Arizona is go to California. Get out of Arizona. It's yeah. to get out of Arizona. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Number of times I went to Vegas when I lived in Arizona. It's literally in the do- in the dozens. Yeah. Insane. But, yeah. So, all right, let's talk about the fear journey now. So, yeah. What coaster that you've written is the one that intimidated you the most before you wrote it? You know, I thought about this. Uh, I've, I've, I've kind of thought about this listening to the podcast before. And I kind of thought initially, oh, when I was a kid, what, which one scared me the most? Which one was the tallest? Whatever. But I think it honestly came a little bit later. I think the one that scared me the most was let me preface this. I'm very afraid of heights and I'm a roller coaster enthusiast. Right. Part of it's part of the deal for me. Uh, but <laughs> I think the one that scared me the most was Superman ultimate flight at six flags over Georgia. I was probably 12. Okay. Something like that. And it was the face down lift hill for me. Ah. Uh. Uh, it was okay. the not knowing how secure I was. I was a roller coaster enthusiast, but I was not an educated one yet. So I didn't really know quite how safe B&M coasters were. Uh, right. But just looking straight at the ground, you know, quite quite high in the air, I think. So it was, it was probably that, the one that scared me the most before getting on, just because I saw them going up facing down at me because the queue kind of goes underneath the layout there. And so I was right. like, okay, they're looking down. So I'll, I'm going to be looking down when I get up there and, as soon as that lift started, I was panicking. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and you were 12, you said, when you wrote it? Probably, something like that, yeah. Okay. So I want to have a reality check with you. Not that I don't believe you, but I just want to double-check something. Because knowing you so well and having talked about this, what is an infamous coaster for you? I know you have a few, especially at the park I'm about to mention, Magic Mountain. Yeah. yeah. So when did you ride Tatsu for the first time? I rode Tatsu for the first time in 2020. Okay, so obviously you were, you know, much older. You were in your 20s, not 12. Yeah, so, so I went to yeah. I went to Magic Mountain as a child, but it was my sister who was tall enough for the roller coasters and enjoying it. So uh, I was little. I rode, I remember riding the the Scrambler, whatever the, that is. There. Yeah. I think it's called Scrambler. <laughs> I remember riding yeah. the Swinging Ship. I don't remember riding any roller coasters on that on that trip. Uh, and then I revisited that park in 2020, uh, right when they reopened. I believe it was in the summer or something. Or was it 2021? Was... Whenever Magic Mountain reopened after COVID or yeah, during COVID yeah. or whenever. I right. went like the first month that they reopened. That's That was my first revisit. 
Okay, and that was also your first time writing X2, of course. Yeah. Okay, now, I met you soon after, especially if it was 2021, because that's when you and I first started talking, it was 2021, and then we met early last year in person for the first time. And I certainly, you in the 2021-22 time frame, you're a, a, a full-fledged Susie, you know, basically, where yeah. I don't, you know, it doesn't seem like you're afraid of it. Anything except, we've talked about heights, like, when you've come to visit Orlando, you're like, no way going on the Starfly or, you know, stuff like that. Oh, and yeah. I, 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 That'll I, take yeah. some... That will take some moral support. Multiple friends will have to go with me. <laughs> well, you should you should come down to Florida next weekend because Kim and the kids are coming. And I was literally just talking to her about an hour ago about uh, getting them on the Star Flyer. Uh, while oh, I'll go with I'll go with you if if it works out uh, and I'm in the area. I'll do it if other people push me for it. But that'll be a a whole other challenge for me. That's that's yeah, maybe something yeah. I haven't necessarily conquered yet. <laughs> Yeah, no, I totally get it. Fear of heights is very common and, and quite frankly, in a way, natural. So I totally, mm -hmm. totally can understand that, respect that. Okay, so, but besides the fear of heights, you're pretty much, you know, seem like pretty fearless, like most Thuzis are, which is uh, sure. part of part of a benefit that we gain from this hobby, which can be quite profound, uh, as we as we discovered with this podcast. But in any case, so you wrote Tatsu as an adult, and... You know, pretty much as a again a full fledged Susie. So when you wrote it that first time, you were not as scared as you were on Superman that first time. No, I was definitely a little bit. I felt that pit in my stomach looking down. Right. But not nearly the same because I had written Superman Ultimate Flight fifty times after that first time. You know, right, so right. I kind of had gotten over the, the the idea of that lift, but. Uh, I did not enjoy Tatsu. I know. It's too At all. I know. Yeah. I can't yeah. stand that coaster. I know. The pretzel loop is intense for you. I know. Yeah. Yes. Positives are your enemy. I get it. I they know. are, yeah. Yeah. To a degree, I, I think. I don't know. Yeah. I've told you this many times. I can't wait to see your reaction to I 305 when you finally I'm write so it. I'm so afraid that I'm going to hate it. <laughs> and I don't want to hate it. Though. It's legendary. <laughs> Oh, it is. Yeah. It is. I, I was so excited when I wrote it the first time last year, finally. Well overdue. But anyways, so talk to me. Well, first of all, when would you say your fear went away when you wrote Superman Ultimate Flight that first time? Like, what part of the ride? Was it after Lift Hill? Or? Well, during my first lap, I think as soon as we uh, approached the pretzel loop, which is right after the first drop, if you will. Right. It's not much right. of a drop, but it, it goes down. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I think that was more like, oh, is this going to be a really crazy, intense moment? But it wasn't fear. It was just, whoa, this is going to be interesting. Uh, but it was really the, the height that scared me going up the hill, you know. And then the second right. time, I was still just as nervous, but I knew it was fine because I'd gotten through it before. And the more I wrote it, the more I realized it's not going to be any different the next time I write it, you know, I'm going to be fine. So. Right. So, okay. All right. We'll, we'll come back to Surround in a moment. I, I, I got to go back to magic ground. I just, I know it's one of your home parks and there's some really key yeah. coasters that people that typically make people afraid that are just the common on that list yeah. kind of thing. Uh, so X2, and I know you like X2, unlike Tatsu, right? I so like X2, yeah. Yeah, so what about that whole thing, you know, going up the lift hill backwards, 200 feet, <laughs> basically up there, up, up in height, and that, that crazy drop facing straight down. So yeah. that, 
that again that was that doesn't intimidate you or that first time an extra didn't intimidate you more than superman you know it's weird it's it's static height for me it's not necessarily like the fast moving height so okay the star the star flyer spins you know that might help me a little bit but it's very exposed you know it's that feeling of just kind of static height i would much rather ride a swinging uh ferris wheel like uh, Pixar pal around than the right. static version, you know. I it's just that still height that bothers me. Getting on top of tall buildings, you know, on the rooftop deck that scares me. I mean, I just get real right. nervous with it. But uh, I'm not a complete wreck. But <laughs> right. Right. but it's so definitely something, you know. Yeah. So basically, it's because of the restraint system on superman ultimate flight because you're you're facing down you're you know yeah it's just part of the experience but right that was versus yeah that made me nervous the first time but you know it's a really cool model i i really have enjoyed the others um i've ridden two of the superman ultimate flight clones i've ridden manta at SeaWorld orlando and i've ridden tatsu and i think those are the only flyers that i've ridden uh, right. I haven't been to Great Adventure, so right for their Superman. So and with X two because it's well, it's not a conventional coaster, but right. the seating is sort of conventional in that you're sitting down, you're not facing down or suspended. So it's a wing coaster. So in a wing like that, you're going up a lift hill. It's not as intimidating as yeah. Superman I mean, there's was. a there's a catwalk right. below you, pretty much on either right. side of the track. That's part of right. it, um, and. My first, let me just talk about my first ride on X2 just for five seconds. Sure. Um, it is not the, it's not the craziest thing I've ever, it's not the craziest moment I've had or anything, but it certainly is a very memorable one. My first ride on X2 had come at the end of the day when I thought it was never going to open because, you know, it's rarely right. open. So, right. or at least it has been rarely open, but it had just opened back up close to the park opening they closed a little earlier that day and so it was pretty close to the close but they just opened it up at 4 30 or 5 or something and the sun was starting to go down it was kind of a golden hour thing i was the first one there i got a row seven zen ride it was oh. the most wonderful experience of my life outside seat or inside seat uh inside seat okay. uh right side of the train if you're if you're looking uh, down the left hill. Right. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Nice. nice. Okay. Nice. So and all the audio and fire was working. It was just oh, wonderful. Oh, <laughs> so, that's the perfect ride. Nice. Yeah. It's uh, good memory. Yeah. That's awesome. So, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, obviously when you were 12, that was long before uh, fly open, but uh, for people like yourself that are, big time enthusiasts, but afraid of heights. And and you're not the only one. We've talked to many, I've got many friends that are like that. Um, in a way, fly is the ideal flying coaster to start with because, and, I'm, I, and again, I've promised on this podcast to not reveal the loading system and how amazing <laughs> and ingenious it is, other than to say it is amazing and ingenious. And because of how flexible it is and what they can do on the ride before even really functions mm-hmm. as a coaster and that's all i'll say uh, it's amazing but but basically you don't deal with 
you know, facing down, going slowly, you know, at a, at a tall height because it's a launch coaster. And, right. And, and so it's, it's, it's very different than dealing with a B&M flyer, you know, with a lift hill, especially some like Tatsu or, you know, like the Superman yeah. clones and things like that. So anyway, so probably some drastically different forces too, right? Oh yeah. Well, it's the only, it's the only, not only is it the only flying coaster with, uh, with launches, but it's the only one with airtime too, which is airtime on oh. a flying coaster is amazing. Wow. <laughs> and I learned a trick from a, from a, someone who's hanging out with um, at Fantasyland last time I went there a few months ago uh, about how to get more airtime. But um, it's not something, yeah, anyway, that's something I can talk to you about offline. It's, it's, a, it's you know, enthusiastic, okay. basically. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. But uh, make sure to talk to me before you go there for the first time. So, yeah, the, you know, obviously I'm sure you will. Because I, I will. You know, we've talked, yeah, we've talked about how much you know. I love helping people plan park visits, and it's my number one park. So I know, I know it so well now because I've spent, I've just that's so awesome. invested myself in Fantasyland. I love it so much. But anyway, yeah. So all right. So coming back to your fear journey. So how did mm-hmm. you feel when you got off of Superman Ultimate Flight the first time? Overjoyed. I thought the whole gliding experience was just so unique i mean at least earlier that day what i'd ridden was sort of front to back of that park six flags over georgia i was right uh, georgia cyclone the dan woody that kind of you know was okay and then i had ridden a really smooth bnm hyper i'd ridden a uh, really rough bacoma looper ninja <laughs> now now blue hawk uh, and then i had just gotten off of one of the roughest coasters i've ever ridden uh, great American screen. Oh machine. yes. <laughs> I don't know where it is now, but I know it was rough then. So it was it's uh, pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> so I was kind of like on all these, you know, sit down coasters, and it was uh, you know it's it a fun day. And then I got on Superman Ultimate Flight, had that fear experience on the lift, and then I was like, whoa, this is a whole different thing. This is we're we're inverting, but I'm laying down. I'm I don't know what's going on. I'm facing. You know, I'm doing a doing a twist face face forward it was just it was just really <laughs> unique and it's not that long of a ride but i probably wrote it three or four times just because i was like hey this is really interesting so gotcha so that fear of heights going up that lift hill that first time it was far outweighed by the time you got off the ride by the dynamics of the ride itself everything after the lift yeah and just face, knowing yeah, that yeah. even on the you know you know, the, the following years that I'd ridden it, uh, I, uh, I just knew that at the top of that lift hill, I'd probably, I'd probably be really scared, at least inside. And then as soon as that's over, I'm going to have a great experience. So it's, it far outweighed the fear, just knowing that there was a great experience on the other side of it. And I think that I probably feel the same way even today, riding coasters like uh, B&M Hypers, stuff like Goliath at Magic Mountain, you know, just tall coasters that have slow lift hills. And those right. things, I kind of feel the height, kind of have that nervousness, just, you know, being up there, but knowing that it's going to be followed by a really fantastic experience. So, Right, right. And actually, I mean, the B&M Hypers and Gigas, I mean, they're not super slow. They're not like Woody's, but yeah, but they're right. not super fast lift hills versus... You know, obviously, I know you've not been on a three or five. We just talked about that. You've not been to Cedar Point, right? No, I know, right? I'm going this year, so 
Nice, nice. So, uh, Millennium Force, you know, it has, it was actually it was the first to have Intamin's elevator lift system, uh, yeah. which, yeah, so that'll, I mean, not that you have this fear now, but you'll like that it goes up fast. You know, you know, yeah. you know it's, 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 it's more comfortable, I guess, for you. And, sure. and uh, what's interesting about Intamin, by the way, just a quick thing on that quick aside, um, that elevator lift system, uh, on Millennium Force, it doesn't make a big difference because Millennium Force, at, um, you know, ironically, its name is not very forceful, but that same lift system exists on like IO-305, on uh, Conda, and of course on Skyrush, and especially Conda and Skyrush. That fast lift, even though it's not a launch, makes a huge difference going in the drop. I mean, yeah. The, the, the drop, the beginning of the drop on Skyrush is legendary. Absolutely legendary. It's incredible, but... And if it weren't for that that fast lift system, so anyway, so it's better it's better for people that are afraid of heights, and it's more uh, more intense. So yeah. So so what would you say? You know, riding Superman. You know, not giving into fear. You know, pushing through the fears, and you know, you enjoy the ride. What would you say, or how would you say it impacted your life by getting past that fear? You know, I think that was. I thought of I thought of myself as a I didn't really it wasn't really fleshed out but I kind of thought of myself as a roller coaster fan at the time you know and looking back I knew that I was an enthusiast a junior enthusiast right, uh, right. but I think after that I realized that it was it was probably the first time that I was really challenged that much by a coaster I thought that I could probably handle just knowing it from some book or website or you know whatever I was. I knew about it from then I get up right next to it and I realize it's going to freak me out a little bit. So I think that after that, I realized that there are coasters out there that are going to freak me out. They're going to scare me a little bit. Uh, maybe not all the time, but the, you know, I think that really affected me just knowing that there's always going to be another challenge, you know, and as a coaster enthusiast today at 25, I'm not afraid of roller coasters you know, not really, but I haven't been skydiving. That makes me nervous. I haven't, you know, done the stratosphere jump. I haven't, uh, I haven't done a sky coaster. <laughs> I had to admit that one. Uh, those things are, are height fears that are going to be huge challenges for me. And uh, there's always going to be something, you know, I think that that's really something that stuck with me. Right, right. But at least you've, plateaued with coasters as far as you know for the most part coasters don't scare you anymore yeah i'm never yeah. going to be nervous to walk into a queue of any roller coaster out there right right and yeah i mean obviously and this is something that happens with with a lot of enthusiasts is some of them i mean yeah i feel fearless when it comes to pretty much any ride coasters flat rides etc i go on flat rides now that i used to be afraid of um but I don't have this like urge, this nagging urge. There's some things he's doing. And again, each of us is different. There's no right, wrong, or indifferent here. Um, uh, no right or wrong, I should say. Uh, but I do have Thuzi friends. Actually, you met one of them last year at uh, the event we're going to in a few weeks, the uh, Coaster Kudalawood event. My friend Adam Torres, who uh, actually he's another one on the list for this podcast. He said he wants to be on. <laughs> um, and Adam, so, you know, you've met him. He's hilarious. Oh, yeah. Really interesting guy makes funny, funny, funny videos online, but, and we'll talk about that when we interview him, but uh, he's become obsessed with skydiving. 
this past yeah. year and he's uh, certified skydiving now and yeah and and you know there's others that that i know of friends and whatnot enthusiasts that have moved on to other things while still doing coasters but i know each each of us is different but yeah i, I have confidence that it, well i talk a lot about on this podcast you've probably heard me in episodes you've listened to about how fear facing fear is sort of like building muscles at the gym Sure. And that as we face it again and again, like even riding some people, you know, like Raptor Joe, you know, you know, Joe, uh, riding yeah. Mako again and again, thousands of times. Um, unlike McLean, she's not doing it for, for therapeutic reasons. She's doing it because she loves right. B&M and she loves Mako. Um, but, you know, I would even say even if you're riding the same ghost again and again, you're building up that that the ability to face fear and, and not even have fear affect you really in yeah. not just on coasters, but anything. So I believe as you know, cause you're, you know, you're a fairly young guy and you know, you've been on what 200 someone coasters, 217 roller coasters. Right. Right. That's right. Velocity coaster. I was there. We rode that. And that was yep. your 200th. That was, that was epic. 200. Yeah. yeah. It was Kim and, uh, and Jay's 200th too. Yeah. Interesting. You have to share that same, uh, milestone, but, uh, yeah. yeah anyways, um, you know, you're just getting started and I know that, you know, there's parks that like, you know, overseas, you haven't been to yet, or even, even coasters, you know, like three or five, we talked about Skyrush, uh, and others, you know, going to Cedar Point for the first time this year. I'm excited for yeah. you for that. Um, you know, as you ride more of these legendary coasters and miles, you know, these, um, record breakers, heights, speeds, et cetera. Um, you know, I think you'll build up your fear resistance, and maybe you'll go skydiving one day. I know that's probably crazy because yeah. you feel well. Like, actually, I just yeah. messaged Adam Torres about really? skydiving and his journey with that. I wanted to know what got him, you know, out of the plane. I wanted to know kind of what his process was, what got him into it, how that all works, the certification. And I just I knew that he had been doing that, so I wanted to ask because I've never been I've never been skydiving, and I always yeah, thought that I would do it at some point but i haven't yet and so yeah i've been really seriously considering it i just you know i wanted to get a a perspective from someone that you know does it all the time so yeah yeah that's a really good point and i've been curious about it too and i've talked about it a little bit but kind of purposely because i knew i'd be eventually interviewing here in the podcast he's a good friend of mine he's a great storyteller he's a super friendly guy funny entertaining he's just he would be great to have on the show uh, so I kind of purposely, I don't like hearing people's stories if I can avoid it before I interview them. I want to kind of get it real time because I want yeah. to be able to react, you know, honestly or, you know, not honestly, but, you know, I want to you know, yeah. react in the best way possible, you know, hearing it that first time. So, but, uh, but when I have them on the, on the show here, I definitely, that's some, you know, I always like to customize the interview. Like we've got at least a, one question for you, maybe a couple of questions that are unique to you based on what I know about you. That we'll get to later, but you know, I definitely want to ask him about a skydiving journey because I'm curious, and I'm sure listeners are curious because the you know the percentage of people that go skydiving is much smaller than the pe- percentage of people that ride roller coasters, obviously. Absolutely, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So and you're talking about uh, you're talking about falling, you know, as as high as you know four and a half hundred feet, uh, you know, from from the earth to the earth in a controlled, safe train on a track versus out of the sky you know thousands of feet up yeah. there you know that's a whole other thing so yeah that's something that really piques my interest 
Yeah, same, same. It's all low level. Yeah, for sure. So, how would you say the coasters and parks have had a significant passive impact on you in any other ways besides kind of separating fear and just kind of looking at the bigger picture? Yeah, you know, as as a child, it was a family thing. It was very much my sisters and my parents and I would enjoy uh, SeaWorld San Diego and uh, Belmont. You know, it's just the one coaster there. But that was a big part of my my childhood and Disneyland every once in a while. And that was kind of something that I enjoyed. I, I was starting to understand my place in that. And then I think as I've gotten older, it's become much more of a central part of my life because it is a social environment that offers so much more to, at least to me, than I think, you know, your average 25 year old's Friday night. Um, <laughs> and I think that it's just, you know, there's a lot of things that I enjoy about the theme parks. It kind of brings all of those those social elements together. They have food, they have, uh, you know, exciting experiences and rides and shows and, uh, you know, just atmosphere. And it's a place to hang out. And of course you're paying to be there, but you now you're paying to be at a bar. You're paying to be, you know, at a movie or whatever you're doing, you know? So this is, I feel like offers something to me that is a, a very, you know, safe environment for me to, enjoy myself to the fullest and meet new friends. I think that's a huge part of it for me. I've met so many insanely close friends from Disneyland, from uh, the roller coaster community, from just the, you know, the coaster community online, even obviously it's been a big part of my social world and it's, it's gotten me, you know, some really awesome friends along the way that I just probably would never have met people like this that share the same interests and, um, you know, it's just, it's a very diverse community. You can find people that, you know, you share values with and there's people that you can learn from too. It's just a really awesome outlet for that. Yeah, no, that's, that's a, a very good point. And it's interesting. That question is very different than the question that, you know, I'm going to ask you towards the end, which is, you know, share advice, share some advice with our listeners. And, and what I mean by being different is the uh, advice for listeners question we've we're we're well over 100 episodes now so over 100 interviews different people and each person basically has given different advice no two people have given the same advice which is incredible i mean the more time goes on the more that continues happening the more incredible that is but for the question that you just answered about the the, the main impact that parks and coasters have had kind of a, on a 30,000 foot level it's very common and this is, there's nothing wrong with this. You know, what you just said, I feel the same way. I would answer the same question the same way, uh, you know, in terms of the social aspects. And I, you know, I'm, I've, I've made so many friends. I love the social aspects of this hobby and uh, it's very powerful. And cause we are human beings are social by nature. Most of us. Yeah. And, and we, we crave that, you know, and, and having, I mean, there's so much, I mean, yeah, there are problems in the community. There's controversies, there's negativity, you know, and, and, you know, I've gotten caught up in at times, you know, but, but for the most part, you know, for like for myself, I, my, my experience in the community have been overwhelmingly positive, you know, besides mm -hmm. those kind of isolated issues and occasions where I've gotten caught in some negativity. I know obviously you've had some, you might relate to that later, but um, I'm not saying the coast community, but elsewhere and, and other park related things. But, um, 
you know, overwhelmingly it's been positive and I love it. And it's interesting. I never thought about this until talking to you and hearing you give your answer. You know, I have a number of hobbies, as you know, you and I have a lot in common. We both love movies. We both go to the movie theater. Yeah. Um, you know, we, uh, you know, I, I, I'm probably a lot more interested in cars than you, but you have kind of the interest, especially because your dad, you know, I know yeah. loves cars and you kind of yeah, love, you know, love sharing that with him and all that, which is awesome. I love being loving cars. I love seeing that with you and your dad. Um, yeah. But, you know, going to the movies, yeah, I go with friends. I go by myself. I do both. And it doesn't matter at the end of the day because movies, it's not social. You're not going to talk during the movies. You better not, you know, at the theater. <laughs> um, you know, and, and, and yeah, you might talk afterwards. You might go to dinner, grab, grab a drink and talk about what you just saw. And that, that's cool. You know, that part is nice. But other than that, it's not social, you know. Um, and, and, and then the other main hobby that I have, I mean, I, I have interests and passions that are, you know, are things I do at home. Like I love video games when I have time for them, stuff like that, technology. But in terms of out and about things, those are my three main hobbies, coasters and parks, movies. And then my other is cars. And yeah, I'm part of car clubs. I've been in many car clubs. I am a, I'm a volunteer coordinator for the uh, Florida Tesla club for Tesla owners of Florida. I and mean, I, I love being a part of that and, uh, and giving my time and, it can be social because we go on drives. We kind of have to force it to be social because we'll have like a dinner or lunch before afterwards. And that's when it's social, but it's not social when you're driving because everyone's in separate right, cars, yeah. you know, and, but they're fun. I love doing that, but it, there's a lot of things that get in the way of being social in those other hobbies. So maybe that's why I really appreciate the social aspects of being a coaster enthusiast because the other hobbies that I have that I spend a lot of time on don't have that as much. Sure. So, yeah. Anyways, yeah, but you kind of realize that. But yeah, no, I, you know, again, very poignant um, that you find the social aspects to be the most valuable because, again, they're huge. They're very important. Uh, and they're actually another way that parks and coasters are good for our mental health because being social, yeah. you know, enjoying friends' company, having friends' support, uh, laughing with friends, friends telling jokes. I mean, you know, the first time we hung out, you know, finally meeting up as friends in real life and, you got to, you know, I was so, I love when friends meet other friends. And yes. I know and that day was amazing. You meeting Larry and Jean and Nick at Dollywood. And, and again, now we're all very close friends. We're doing the same thing again now with a bigger group. Yeah. But again, you've hung out with Larry and Jean since then. And and uh, yeah. I, don't, I don't think you've seen Nick though uh, since last Not year, since right? that trip, no. Yeah, he's been a little busy in his personal life. He hasn't been traveling as yeah. much. But again, we all, we all, you know, that day became, you know, we became instant friends, all of us. And you know, it's just so poignant and so awesome. And, you know, it's, yeah, I just, I love it. Yeah. I love it. So next we're going to talk about kind of, uh, these are often kind of the, the fun, most humorous parts of the interview. Um, <laughs> just a few questions. These are always, these usually have very interesting answers, but whatever the answers are, they are. So you kind of alluded to this earlier. You were talking about X2 and it's not your craziest moment on the coaster. It's okay. not. Well, what is what is your craziest moment of coaster? You know, up until the craziest moment, I feel like X two, my first ride on X two was very special to me, um, but it could never live up to Trimless Voyage, ah. the full train. I knew that's what you were going to say. I knew that's that what you were going to say. Yep, nothing yep. like it. Nothing like it. Yeah, I. One of my favorite things to do as, and again, this is that social thing again, um, as a coaster enthusiast, as a parks enthusiast, is 
to take someone or go with, you know, a friend, especially a good friend, to a park that I love, get them on a ride that I love that they've not been to yet. They've not been to that park. They've not been on that coaster yet. And so I remember last year, you know, you and I had already met, and I think it was the second time we hung out was was at Hollywood Nights last year. And I remember, you know, talking to you beforehand, and, you know, I could tell because of how much you enjoyed when we met for the first time at Dollywood, Thunderhead, which is amazing, and, and Lightning yeah, Rod, you know, that, and I think you had already been an Outlaw Run at that point, right? I think you Yeah, Outlaw Run was, that. was one of my favorites at the time, yeah. Yeah. It still so is, kind of, it was one of my yeah. number ones, yeah. Yeah, it's one of my best, one of my favorite RMCs. And so you, like me, really like Woody's. And so I'm like, I knew you, that I knew that Voyage would be special for you. And so I was so excited to to be there and ride Voyage with you for the first time. And just the, yeah. all the insanity that Hollywood Nights was, especially last year with the with the smaller attendance. You know, uh, I know yeah. I wrote it. I wrote it like 20 some odd times. I know you wrote it more than me. because I, I wrote very... it 28 times. So I've written yeah, it 28 times total. Yeah. And I did it out of yeah. order, so I'd never been to Holiday World before, and I I rode the Voyage first. So right. that, that park yeah. has three of the best wooden coasters out there, three world class woodies, and I rode them in you know descending order. <laughs> so right. I, yeah, so I had the Voyage experience first, and you know maybe I should have done it. Maybe I should have worked my way up because you know it was pretty jarring the first ride, even during the day. Yep. Yep, I remember that. So, yeah, yeah, that day ride we had. Yeah, before that, before that first, uh, before the evening. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, for me, I, the first time I went to Hollywood World was the previous Hollywood Nights in 2021, which um, you know the infamous one, as Susie's referred to it as, uh, with the unfortunate, very unfortunate tragedy of the woman yeah. dying, not related to the event, right before the event mm-hmm. was starting that evening, and so we didn't get to ride it that evening, which I, I myself perfectly understand you know, what happened, we've given what yeah. happened, but, but because of that, um, uh, and, and maybe it wouldn't have been this way otherwise. Um, and David, he was where there with me, he and I both went for the first time that year. We wound up doing things in the right order. You know, we did Raven and legends, then voyage the next day. Um, yeah. And yeah. that is, yeah. And that you bring up an interesting topic because when I was younger and like a junior Susie, like you refer to, them as yeah <laughs> i i did that thing and it wasn't out of fear or anything like that I, it was a build-up it was like saving the dessert for last the favorite thing for last right, i yeah. did like the smallest coasters first built up to like what what are you know the, the biggest or the ones that are known to be the best now right. i just go for i go for the best ones first i like because you never know they might go down i'm probably right, yeah. rides you know so I, I just have a different approach that i as a full-fledged Thuzi now than right. i did yeah Mm-hmm. anyways so yes the craziest moment i mean obviously with that full train trimless getting that night ride that that, that was that was your first night ride with that full train of course because we were filling them up every ride basically yeah but just the right. energy of yeah. a full train of of enthusiasts that could not be bothered to be anywhere else in the world but right there you know yeah and and i have been to many theme park events Enthusiast events, you know, special events, just at parks in general. And there are two, I have two favorites. One of them is Fantasialand's Wintertron. Uh, and that's not a Thuzi event. That's a seasonal event. It's, it's, the, it's the, what the park is from mid to late November until yeah. 
mid-January, late January when they close, is for Winterfest. It literally yeah. it means Winter Dream. And again, that's not a Thuzy event, but the 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 number of and, and and the quality of the unique things they do for that event, the night rides and the shows and everything else, wow. and the, the decorations, it's the, some of the most beautiful park decorations, the whole thing. It's just, it makes it the best, my favorite theme park event in the world. But then Hollywood Nights is my, and again, I've been to many Thuzy events. It is my favorite Thuzy event. And part of why it's not just, I mean, I love Voyage and I love Voyage at Night. But really why it's my favorite Thuzy event is not necessarily that. It, first and foremost, it's the social. Again, there's the social. Yeah. The social yeah, right aspect. On the head there, yeah. yeah, I wish, I mean, you know, it is what it is. We, we don't cry or spilt milk or anything. But it, I wish there was an alternate world where you and I had met like a year earlier and you could have come to Hollywood Nights in 2021 because that's when Larry and Jean were there that year. Uh, and and Chuck, you would love, you've not met Chuck. You would love, I love, love Chuck. You need to. And he lives in Southern California. We need to get you guys meet because you, you would get along yeah. so well. Anyways, but Chuck was so many. That's when I met Kim for the first time, although Kim was there the next year. But there were so many more friends there, so many more people there. Even even with all that, even this past year with less people, there were still so many awesome people to hang out with, and that and but like you nailed it, riding Voyage at night, the you know, you can feel that electricity, you can feel that energy. Yeah, you know, it's it's intense. It is the ride. Yeah. yeah, the ride's intense, but the energy's intense to match it. So yeah, and I saw how you. We're getting emotional from it, you know. You, I, I, and I love seeing that your journey. I love that journey with you. So, hundred um, percent. Yeah, yeah. So, I know this already, and our listeners probably are figuring this out too. But just to make it official, what is your favorite coaster? The Voyage at Holiday World, built in two thousand six by the Gravity Group. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I I have so much respect for that. It's not my number one, but and again, at the end of the day, it's all opinions. That's you know, we each can have yeah, our own favorites. Absolutely. But you know, again, we're we're you know, when I interview people, I like to relate and talk about people's favorites. And and Voyage is not my number one because of my love for Intamin. Right. And they're especially the multi-launch coasters. Intamin's multi-launch, they're modern multi-launch coasters. Their blitz coasters are just dominating my my top ten more and more. Um, along, along with a few others like Fly and, and uh, Ride to Happiness, again, launch coasters. Yeah. Um, but Voyage is in my top 10, and it is my number one, Woody. I mean, it, there is nothing yeah. that comes close in terms of wooden coasters. And I don't rank them separately, but if I did, it would be my number one, Woody. I mean, it is. So um, yeah. So I, tol- I totally understand. it. I One of the things that I love about Voyage is how Holiday World how it's a labor of love for them and how Absolutely, well they yeah. maintain that ride. It yeah, is and, incredible. It is so, it, I don't know even how to describe it. It is so, we're so grateful as enthusiasts for that park, you know, for, yeah, what, we're, we're, for what they put into it. Yeah. Yeah. We're very lucky to have that park and, and, you know, and the cook family and, you know, everything they've done to keep that park going and not just voyage, but everything um, it has, that, that's one of the best water parks in the world, especially in terms of their, their launched um, water coasters. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and, 
you know, their, their wooden coaster collection is fantastic. All of them are great. But, you know, Voyage stands above the rest. Thunderbird is my favorite um, B&M wing. Uh, mm-hmm. It's so good. So, so good. I mean, and this park's beautiful and just the food, just everything. That park is fantastic. It's one of my favorite parks. Um, and But yeah. this Voyage is just amazing how they maintain it. And I'm excited to ride it again. Uh, you know, you yeah. and I both be there with Larry and Gene and a whole bunch of other friends. I am friends. so Again, excited. More, yeah, more of our friends are getting in this year, which is it's going to be, oh, I'm so looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, and, but they've done a lot of work on Voyage this year on, on retracking. They have, yeah. So, yeah, so it's exciting. So, yeah. You know, uh, for Hollywood Nights this year, again, I'm so grateful to be able to go. Like, that is just something else. Like, the privilege that is, you know? Yeah. But, oh, yeah. Last year was my first time to the park and to the event at the same time. And this year will be my friend Joe's first time to the park and first Hollywood Nights. I, he, he is one of my guest tickets. So I will be able to have that experience of facilitating that for somebody else, which is nice. also a privilege. So nice. I'm looking like forward what I went, to that. Nice. No, like what I went through with you last year. You know, you're kind of now. Exactly. Yeah. You're kind of like passing the, passing the baton. That's awesome. That's really yeah. cool. Yeah, I think the best way to do Holiday World for the first time is to do Hollywood Nights. I mean, that's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the same thing with Fantasyland. If you go to Fantasyland, especially in November when it's not as cold yet, uh, go okay. for Wintertron the first time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, anyway, anyways, but um, so what would you say is your least favorite coaster? You know, I definitely like to hate on Tatsu because I can't handle it. But I know that everyone else pretty much loves it. Uh, <laughs> I, I love it. <laughs> and I hate I, I hate on another orange coaster in that park too. That for the same oh, reasons, yes. you know. <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I, I hate on Tatsu because it. I feel like the layout is so top heavy. I feel like the gliding moments are kind of uncomfortable, at least for you know. Just n- nowadays, I I'm grown. I feel like I don't find the seats as comfortable as I maybe did when I was younger. And, and I just feel like the, the high tree line, it kind of hides the height of that coaster. It really is a huge coaster. And uh, so I feel like it's kind of a snooze, you know, for the first half. And then you hit that pretzel loop and you get sent into the next dimension. And, <laughs> you know, I just feel like it's kind of a weird coaster for that reason. And I feel the same way about Goliath. It's just, it's a snooze of a drop. It's a snooze of a, of a layout. And then you hit those helices and you, you know, I'm, I'm graying out really hardcore and I don't like that, but I think the coaster that I hate the most okay. is a coaster called desert storm from my oh, hometown. Yes. <laughs> I rode desert storm for the first time, maybe a year ago. And, you know, I was not even expecting that experience. I, I grew up driving up and down I-17, seeing that coaster and thinking, yep. oh, that's pretty cool. I'll get to it. You know, I'm busy. And <laughs> I don't know why I didn't ride it. I don't know what what prevented me, but I finally got around to it. And I cannot believe I rode it twice. Looking back, I'm like, why did I even do that? <laughs> you know, the, the <laughs> it's a Hopkins looper and it's got two strange loops and the second of which I feel like is dangerously profiled. The front row ride sent my brain into some real pain. And I just don't think that anyone should ride that roller coaster. 
<laughs> so, yeah, interesting. I I can't relate to that to the Desert Storm. And Gene, who's probably listening right now, is going to be screaming at me through her headphones or or however she's listening to this in the car or whatnot. Uh, because as he <laughs> says, as you know, we don't leave credits on the table. We don't. Um, yeah, I told you, you know, you know that I lived in Tucson for five years and my parents used to live in Scottsdale when I lived in Tucson. And I was in Phoenix and Scottsdale all the time. Uh, but even later, um, I used to work for a company for about five, six years when I was in, living in Southern California. And I went to Phoenix all the time for work. I had multiple customers there. And one of the times I stayed at, I think it was a Sheridan. Right off of I-17, like literally right across from Castle. Right, Pacers. yeah, that, it's right there, yeah. Yeah, and I could see, I could see Desert Storm, and I do have an excuse. Um, that was one trip where I brought um, my my dog with me. I had one dog at that point, Juno, um, and and I had him with me, and I could have put him in his in his crate that I had with him, but I, I just, I don't know, I just, I didn't want to leave him alone in a hotel. Um, I just didn't feel comfortable. I was, I had recently started traveling with him for the first time. So I just, yeah. Anyway, you don't but, have those credits. Yeah. yeah. I don't have those credits there. And, um, well, I think I'm glad I don't have Desert Storm. I've heard you're not the first person to talk about Desert Storm and how awful it is. So I'll probably eventually get the credit, but I'm not, I, I believe in, in, and Gene knows this. We've talked about this. I go for quality over quantity. So, sure. and this is a, this is how Chuck is, by the way, Chuck. Gene and I have had these conversations. Um, I, I I love celebrating milestones. I love increasing my credit account, but I do it not by going and seeking out all the SBFs and all the FEC coasters and all that. I do ride some of those, and I ride the mountain coasters, but I like mountain coasters at least. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, and I and I rode spinning parrots with you last year. That was my that was a credit for me that time when I rode it just like you. Yeah, yeah, and that was fun because we were you know I was riding with a friend that helps. But yeah, I don't go crazy seeking out credits like that. But I yeah. do go crazy seeking out, you know, like going to legendary parks like Europa Fantasia Land or Fuji Q or you know, and getting legendary yeah. coasters, you know. It's a credit like, dump, yeah. but it's a fun yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'm more about quality again. Like I, I want to get on Tutatis, you know, this maybe this year, if not next year, and you know, but it, yeah, it's all about yeah. getting those quality coasters. That but, I feel like yeah. that's gonna be the the love child of of Pantheon and Velocicoaster for you, and that just looks oh, yes. incredible. So, yeah. oh yes, and also uh, was it Batman, the one at uh, WB? Yeah, yeah, yeah. These that, things are going to start works. popping up everywhere. Oh <laughs> uh, well, rumors that I've heard, which I won't go into, uh, there are going to be a lot more popping popping up around. Oh, I, I've heard, maybe, I've heard yeah. a few whispers. Yeah, maybe not so far from home for for you and I. So uh, uh, yeah. yeah, time will tell. <laughs> Time will yep. tell, but uh, any any case, um, yeah, we don't t- we don't like to talk too specifically about rumors here in the podcast, so that's all I'm going to say. Right. But um, you mentioned your uh, <laughs> your favorite hyper, quote unquote favorite hi- Goliath. It's a two hundred and fifty five yeah. foot orange wire hanger, an eyesore, <laughs> and I will be there in the parking lot with a old school lawn chair, a bucket of popcorn. <laughs> and an umbrella maybe i'll have a grill we'll have a full tailgate just to watch it come down one day whenever that day is i'll be there i'll I'll make t-shirts it'll be fantastic yeah you definitely 
we don't talk a lot about that uh, we, or any of the GMLOs uh, coasters, you know, that are Titan, you know, whatnot. Um, they're not exactly the most famous manufacturer, but um, you definitely are, have, are the one that I know, whether it be on the podcast or off, that talks so vehemently against it. And hey, that's your opinion. You have a right to it. I get it. I don't know. Why. I just like to hate I, on it. I, I mean, it. it's I better than not having a hyper, right? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I get it. I get it. So, I take it based on what you said earlier on here in our discussion that the first time you wrote that was 2020 or 2021. That's right. Yeah. Which is an amazing that I, I probably had an opportunity to write it before, but I kind of had a, a lull in my enthusiasm, if you will, uh, from when I was a kid to my late teens, early twenties. Um, I loved coasters. I was continuing to play Roller Coaster Tycoon. I was continuing to ride them and learn about them. I did go to Six Flags Parks, you know, pretty often here and there. But, like, I wasn't really, like, chasing it as I am now. And I'm not sure why that is. I think I was just busy with sports in high school or, uh, yeah. you know, whatever it was. But I was uh, kind of got away from it. I totally could have gone. There was probably an opportunity, but just kind of didn't prioritize it, which is fine, but uh, finally got around to it. And, you know, I made my judgment. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, and that happens to us. I mean, I, I took a break from being a Thuzi, um just because of life got busy, career and whatnot. Yeah. After college, basically a few years after college, you know, basically was when I got married. My marriage kind of got in the way of my being, being a Thuzi because my ex, he... Um, he did not approve of me being a Thuzi and it really <laughs> made it hard to like, I always wanted to go to Hollywood nights and he would not have it. And he was very controlling. And uh, you know, it is a sacrifice. It is a sacrifice. Yeah. yeah. It's something I talked about on the 100th episode. Um, you know, sort of listeners, if, if you haven't heard that, you can hear about it there. Or maybe if, you know, a lot of you probably already heard that episode and heard me talk about this and I'm much happier now. And, one of the things I did to celebrate the end of my marriage was go to Hollywood nights in 2021 and kind of triumphant. Like, yes, I can do whatever I want now. I can be a full fledged Susie. And, but yeah, I, I, I took a break for a while and it's, it is what it is, but um, yeah. yeah. But in any case, what I was getting at with Goliath and when you wrote it, you should feel very fortunate that you wrote it when you did. And what I mean by that is right around that same time, maybe a few years earlier, I think it was 2017 or 18. I went to Magic Mountain, and it was an ACE event. And one of the things we did as part of the event was we got a backstage tour of kind of the Twisted Colossus Goliath kind of area, especially okay, Goliath. Yeah. Got some really cool pictures and videos of your favorite hyper. And <laughs> um, I, at one point, I was looking over, and I thought that the train had stopped on the MCBRs. I thought, you know, something had happened or block break issue, and it stopped. But it's just that it was going so slow because I don't, I don't ride Goliath much anymore. Good. I didn't ride it, you know. <laughs> I knew you'd say that. I didn't ride it, you know, when we, we hung out at Magic Mountain. What was it last September with Larry and Jane yeah. and David? Um, you know, I don't ride it a lot, but uh, I, I thought it was stopped. I thought it stopped or stalled or whatnot. And it turns out it just was the MCBRs kick in really yeah. heavily. Well, and they do, yeah. Use, they continue. It didn't used to be like that. I, I rode Goliath open year, which was what, 2000? Uh, yeah, I lived in San Diego. That was the first time I lived in San Diego. It was from 2000 to 2005. 
So I was there for X's opening, you know, wow. last uh, deja vu. That was a great, that was like peak magic, magic mountain for me as far as like new coasters and stuff. Yeah. Deja vu when it first opened before it got turned into it's being named Goliath as well. And, but you know, moving <laughs> to six flags, new England, different yeah. Goliath, confusing six flags. Um, it, it, when it first opened, it was fantastic. I mean, I love Gibbs. At least the Gibbs that I've written, uh, I, that only, I've written, only written Deja Vu. I've, I've not written, written any. Yeah. Which one have you written? The one in Silverwood? Or? I wrote Deja Vu at Over Georgia when it was there during the ride rotation program. Oh, okay. So what year was that? I have no idea. I just know okay. that it happened. I know it wasn't very, it wasn't there very long. Um, yeah. I wrote it in probably the third row or something like that. And that was another challenging one because of looking down during the... Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, in reverse, you know, the reverse lift or whatever you call it. Uh, so, but, you know, th whatever. I think I only wrote it once, but I did write it. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I, I've not been to Silverwood. That's out of my list and ride the one there. I, I almost rode the one in Shanghai. Uh, Mark Martinez, that's when I first met him, uh, virtually at that point, before I met him in person. Mark is another one of those, what a go here, go there, you know, go everywhere yeah. to get credits, get one credit, go an hour out of the way. And he was, again, he's a nice guy. Mark's a friend. And 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 he was giving me guidance because he, when I first started talking to him online, I was in Shanghai, in China, and he was about to go there for the first time a couple weeks later. So we were sharing tips and tricks and and he was doing a lot of research so he knew stuff and he's like yeah there's a gib at a kind of park in the middle of the city and <laughs> and and because he loves so gibs cool. and, and i just did, yeah. i didn't have a chance to do it didn't have time i was very busy but i did a lot of credits that trip but anyway um i've only written deja vu and it was amazing and likewise goliath when it first opened was amazing for many years i thought it was amazing but one of the reasons why i thought it was amazing i love positives as you know so i love idea yeah. five and the MCBRs, it always trimmed, but it was nowhere near as severe as it is more recently. And I would, that is the only coaster, even I-305, I do not, listeners won't believe me, I do not gray out on I-305 at all. I've ridden it at night after it's warmed up as after a long, hot day. Don't gray out on it. But on classic OG, if you will, Goliath and Magic Mountain, I would gray out on that helix, and I loved it. <laughs> you know, uh, I just I can only imagine what that would be like. And I one of the reasons I don't like it now, maybe I would prefer a more intense version of it. One of the reasons I don't like it now is that those helices are really intense, but it comes off of a really terrible pacing moment where you are sitting yes. on that mid course, and yes. you if you're in the left side of the train. You are slowly, especially in the front of the train, you are slowly curving downward and you're just yeah. wearing a lap bar. You know, it feels so exposed. You feel like you might just fall right down, you know, out of the train just because you're you're leaning yeah. to the side with a pretty simple old school lap bar. And, you know, just that's the kind of thing that makes me nervous. I do not like that mid course. Um, but then you still get all those positives, which is just not my thing. I mean, Silver Bullet is one of my home park coasters i work yep. in anaheim so i have you know 15 minutes up the road to, to buena park and i'm on silver bullet which is often the easiest one to jump on but i love that layout that last helix is rough for me but i've i've learned to love it because i like the rest of the layout and 
it's not that long of a wait. So, <laughs> right, right. Well, speaking of Anaheim, here's a yeah. segue. <laughs> so, I know from the many, many. If you look at all of our you know, phone calls, times we've hung out in person, all of our messages, whether it be iMessage or or uh, you know Instagram message, probably the many hours of of conversing that you and I have had. Sure. You yeah. have talked about one aspect of yourself, which is fairly unique. And I'm, so I'm yeah. curious. That's why I want to ask you about the it. chapter the we skipped thus far. <laughs> yes. So you have, over the past few years, pivoted from being, as you have coined it, a Disney adult yeah. to a full-fledged Susie. So, you know, whatever you'd like to share about, you know, what was going on there, why you pivoted. Yeah, or, let me or describe even, that for you. <laughs> or even, yeah, just what it's been like pivoting into being a coaster Susie. Yeah, I'm curious. Yeah. So one thing I love probably just as much, if not more, than roller coasters is just themed entertainment in general. I mean, I am crazy for theme parks, you know, just as much I am for as amusement parks, you know. So, uh, yep. I think that Disneyland Resort was probably the most cherished park for me or, you know, place to destination for me as a kid, just because we didn't go as often. Of course, it's much more spectacular than something like SeaWorld San Diego, as much as as much fun as that was. Um, yeah. Disneyland is just, you know, fully encompassing, a, you know, it has a lot to offer there. And so, that was really special to me. I had always loved the Disney history, the stories behind it, the, the methods of Imagineering that have gone from, you know, innovative, but primitive by our standards today. And now up to something like Tron that you're seeing and, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy, Cosmic Rewind, all this incredible synergy of different contractors and, and, uh, you know, designers and what have you uh, that have put together these amazing attractions you know, that's just something that I've grown and, uh, you know, just grown to crave uh, so much. So Disneyland Resort was always a big part of my of my uh, fandom, you know, I guess. And yeah. in my late teens, I got a Disneyland Resort annual pass. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> so that that happened and uh, i started going i didn't live there i didn't i didn't live here in california yet uh but i was flying in i was driving over you know whatever i was wherever i was at um uh, during you know high school and college i was i was coming over to, to anaheim to go to disneyland and eventually it became like i'd mentioned before a huge part of my social world and yeah. i have had you know great friends close friends best friends girlfriends you know through that experience and it so it just became a really central part of my i don't want to say identity but i definitely identified in that community of pass holders and cast members i never worked there but very close with a lot of the cast members as well so yeah that was just a big you know a big part of my world but 2020 was rough for a lot of people and uh that was the year of course that the parks closed for a while I was there on the last night and uh, in March before the parks closed for quote two weeks, you know, uh, two uh, weeks turned into two weeks turned in a long time after that. And eventually our passes were revoked and refunded. Uh, 
at least partially. And, uh, you know, after that, you know, obviously things got a little dicey and out there and, you know, people just kind of go their separate ways. So a lot of my friends that I had in the community, you know, either moved away or, you know, just started doing other things. And we really didn't have that activity to share. We, we thought we did. We thought we could do virtual stuff. You know, we thought we could go to downtown Disney eventually. And it just really wasn't the same. And so COVID kind of ruined that for me in a lot of ways, just because Disneyland was never really the same, especially now with reservations that are part of the, part of the deal to even have a pass. You know, you want to go all the time you know, without restriction, you still had to get a reservation, you're paying $1,600 for the pass, you know, it's just kind of crazy. So it's just really never been the same. And I've been so grateful for that, because that has offered me the opportunity to shift gears and focus back on roller coasters, the thing that really got me into it in the first place. Because Ooh. my favorite attractions were always, you know, Matterhorn bobsleds, uh, Space Mountain, Incredicoaster. Well, California Screaming is is the one I remember, I guess, the most. <laughs> um, sure. Yeah. You know, all those. It was the roller coasters, really. You know, I mean, it's really any tracked any tracked experience I enjoy. I love the Disneyland Railroad, you know. But um, so, you know, it's really just been the biggest gift because I've been able to shift gears and and go to. Uh, some roller coaster events and meet great friends like you and Larry and Gene and Nick and I don't know, name, name anybody. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> Kim, yeah, yeah, I mean, so many, Kim, yeah, yeah I, you know, I, um, at Hollywood nights was, I had a special experience, I think, uh, with Kim because we got to hang out for like two hours or so, just me and her. So I got to hear yeah. her experience as an enthusiast and I got to hear her journey. Um, you know, she's probably, she's faced some of the same, sort of things as David, you know, it's with a kind of a weight loss uh, journey. Yep. And yep. that's, you know, really inspiring, especially her as a mom and uh, what she does for a living. It's just a whole, you know, boatload of things that kind of gave me a really good perspective on everybody's different journey and what they've, what they've sacrificed and what they've done to be where they are today. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everyone has a story. Some stories are, uh, more elaborate or interesting than others, or, you know, more involved, I should say. Uh, Kim's one of those, and uh, I remember the first time I met her, first couple times we hung out, uh, you know, a little bit of Hollywood Nights in 2021, and then later, last, next time I saw Kim was at our meetup. We, in our first season, we had a big meetup at Blast Coaster, taking over a whole train, and yeah. spent uh, a, 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 several days out of a week at various parks, SeaWorld, Universal and et cetera, uh, with Kim and first time for her in Florida, her and Jade and, uh, and, and Lily. I remember we were in line for Velocicoaster and she was telling me uh, probably, probably some of similar, similar things she's told you about family experiences and challenges she's been through the weight loss journey. And yeah, she's got quite a story and, and she, she talks about various facets of it periodically here in the podcast and in her interviews. And it's, it's great. It's great. Uh, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm glad that you're, you know, again, experiencing that, that positive social aspects of this community. Yeah. Um, I, and I like coining terms. Um, I'm a bi in that I like, I love coasters <laughs> and I love themed entertainment, themed, themed parks, themed rides, dark rides, shows. And I know you're very much the same way. And I know you yeah. kind of, 
kind of moved past Disneyland. I know you don't like, you know, you'll still perhaps go and stuff, and you occasionally go to Disneyland, but you've kind of kind of moved on. Yeah. And, but I know what you love, and that's another thing we share. You know, like uh, it's, it, live entertainment and concerts and and musicals and and theme park shows and all that stuff. It's, you know, we talked about ice skating shows and like the amazing ones I've seen over in Europe and yeah uh you know and, and just did a cruise you know I, I, by the way did you get to see that video yet that I said, yeah I it didn't it wasn't loading on my phone like it it i don't know if it was the being out in the ocean you know or whatever right. but right. it it wasn't like coming in clearly but i got to it finally like came up on my phone so i got to watch that was really incredible it reminded me of the iron lotus from blades of glory nice no <laughs> well now it was the prop mary one you saw that yeah one? Yeah. yeah, that was the best. That was the best routine. That was the best part of that show. The show was amazing. But anyways, yeah, the, the internet and the ships is challenging. But yeah, I love it. You know, you and I both love ice skating shows and stuff like that. So, and it is, you know, I am is so excited for a number of my friends who've not been to go to some of these legendary parks in Europe. But I yeah. think you're at like the top of the list because of everything I know about you and the things we share. You know, because people, when you take Disneyland, Disneyland's an amazing park, Disney World. Yeah. Again, some of the best theming. But the coasters, again, I love Tron, I love Guardians, I love Space Mountain, but they're not the most intense coasters, you know. For the most part, Disney doesn't have inversions. I mean, Rock and Roll Coaster, Incredicoaster here in the U.S., that's pretty much it. You know, they're they're light on on the thrill factor, uh, and they're typically not the the best in the world type coasters. you know, and then you have Universal, and that's uh, that's why I love that like, Universal here in the U.S. They're kind of the best of both worlds. They have amazing theming and the dark rides and great water rides and and, and all that. You know, the great shows. You know, great events like Horror Nights, for example. And then they love have it. great coasters. They have great coasters. You know, Hagrid's and Velocicoaster and Hulk and you know, et cetera, et cetera, Mummy. Uh, but unfortunately, here in the U.S., that that sort of great blend is very uncommon you've got universal and then to some degree bush gardens williamsburg has that because they have great theming and and some good great coasters but it's not at that it's still mainly the coasters yeah 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 it's still it's still not quite there and you've got dollywood and silver dollar city which in my opinion those are kind of the Below Universal, not much below, but they're right there at the cream of the crop yeah. along with Universal. As far and they're as they're so theme, unique and special in their own way. Oh yeah, they're great parks. I love them. And yeah. in terms of blending theming and thrilling coasters and other rides, but all of that, even including Universal, it just pales to some of the things, some of the parks in Europe. And knowing what you love and knowing that you do still love theming and amazing shows yeah. and themed entertainment. For you, when you go to your Papa Park in Fantasialand, yep, that two excitement of that, my top bucket list parks. Yeah, yeah the, the excitement I saw out of you riding Voyage for the first time, and the night rides and everything—that's going to pale in comparison to how much you're going to flip out when you go to those two parks. Yeah, you're I am. Be I am heaven. the biggest cheerleader for Europa Park. I post about Europa Park. I tell everybody I know about it. And, and uh, it's just, it's just like, I don't know. It's just like such, it's so alluring to me, this, you know, sort of coaster destination, as well as some of the best themed entertainment out there in the industry. 
Uh, oh, it, it is. Europa is in, incredible. I basically made it now where I go to Europa and Fantasyland. I'm going to be, I'm committed to going there once a year, at least once a year. All right. So I already <laughs> figured out when I'm going to go there this year. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, some enthusiasts might think I'm crazy. Andrew, why don't you go in Australia, someplace you haven't been? Again, quality over quantity. I, those, yeah. those parks, I get so emotional in them. Just riding Fly and Terran alone, let alone everything else I love at Fantasyland. And there's so much that I love there. And then in Europa, again, so many good experiences. Great coasters. You know, Blue Fire, uh, Euromir. Wodan is one of my favorite wooden coasters. It's, it's pretty much my favorite GCI. I mean, so many. Wow. It's just, just, the, just the tip of the iceberg. But but yeah, it's just, they're just at a whole nother level. Yeah. So I think just pertaining to the question about, you know, going pivoting from a, a Disney adult to a coaster enthusiast, I think going to those two parks, and I think, I'm sure that you'll do it this way because they're only a few hours from each other driving, you'll do both in the same trip. Um, it's going to be a life-changing experience, and I think it's going to kind of take sure. you full circle because you're going to realize, and again, beyond what Universal Dollywood and, and Silver Isle City do, that you can have it all. Yeah. <laughs> you can have some of the most thrilling coasters with the best theming, along with amazing flat rides and water rides and shows and food and just everything. And that's what Europa yeah. and Fantasyland do. And yeah, I've heard the anyways, food is incredible yeah. at both of those parks. So, oh my God. Oh, it, yeah. and sheep too. It, uh, yeah. I, 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 I'm not serious about doing this. But if I were to move, if I were going to have to leave the U.S., I would move to Germany. You can end I would probably, I would probably live in Cologne, which is just outside yeah. of Brühl, where Fantasyland is, and yeah, I would be in heaven. But yeah. uh, well, at least at least once they start offering season passes again, <laughs> otherwise, I'm <laughs> yeah. buying lots of day tickets. <laughs> Something you said is so. interesting. I like yeah, pivoting from Disney to kind of the rest of the world because you know yeah. it really is like you're having your eyes opened when you realize how deep into the Disney community you've been. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it just like all the, all the things I loved about Disney, I didn't realize quite what was out there, you know, as far as the, the whole themed entertainment industry. So getting right. to go to IAPA for the first time last year was really special. I got to see all of it kind of in action in its, in its purest form, kind of exhibitions of each element of it individually and how it all comes right. together you know, like you see, you go to the, the trade show and you're seeing all of these different elements ex exhibited individually. And then you go to something like the IAPRA Celebrates event and you see it all come together in one park at, yeah, in this case it was Islands of Adventure, but, you know, parks like that, that utilize all of these different services and companies and things, all of those things at the same time in this beautiful harmony. And that's just what I've come to appreciate since leaving the Disney community, um, is that it's not just Disney doing these things. It's all over the world in all different kinds of ways. You know, it's Sally Dark Rides in Jacksonville building incredible rides, you know, yeah. and it's mock rides in Germany doing their thing. And it's, uh, you know, KCL engineering doing lighting for all kinds of attractions. It's all of these things out there that I can find a way to appreciate in their own way. And so that's something that I think that's probably been the thing I've appreciated the most about leaving the Disney community is that Imagineering gets a lot of credit, you know, and that's great. Right. But 
there are so many others out there that are doing incredible work. And so that's sort of my take on that, I guess. Yeah. No, I mean, you bring up a point, you know, kind of like there's that Disney bubble where yeah. people that are in it, you, you used to be in it as a Disney adult. I'm part-time in it because I, I, I have a Disney annual pass. I had a Disneyland annual pass for years. And I have well, Disney World annual pass now living in Orlando. And I go to Disney maybe a couple times a month, sometimes more based on people visiting and going to the parks with them, which I love doing, you know, with visitors. But I don't spend a lot of time there. But, I, you know, I'm part-time in the bubble. But I'm also outside the bubble because it's part-time. Yeah. But there are a lot of people I know that they are just in the Disney bubble. And they don't yeah. realize they've got the blinders on. They don't realize there's a whole, there's all this other stuff going on. And, you know, Universal, you know, in Orlando, you know, you know, versus Walt Disney World has really been stepping it up. As you know, you've seen it, you've been there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They have. And again, coming full circle from those amazing parks in Europe and Germany we we're talking about, I very closely follow and I've literally driven and watched the construction going on and seen all the cranes and the 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 well again you're you love themed entertainment themed rides the size of the show buildings that are being built for epic universe especially oh Potter. my goodness yeah but that park again full circle that park could very well become easily become the best park in the world for many and, oh, and right now a, lo a lot of absolutely yeah, yeah. A lot of people I know that, especially not been in Germany, Islands of Adventure is the best park in the world, and I, and I get it. I mean, it's it's my second That's, favorite. Universal yeah, Orlando, my favorite park. Yeah. yeah, Universal Orlando is my second favorite park resort in the world after Fantasyland. But and again, I count resorts. I count you know if you can get a park hopper ticket and go to yeah. various parks together, Disneyland and California Adventure, count them together as a resort. That's why I rank theme parks. Yeah, With it's Epic difficult Universe, to rank. Well, Disney World parks separately, you know, it's really a full experience. Yeah. yeah, you can't, it's not fair, you can't rank Animal Kingdom with what, eight rides, <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, it's by itself. You know, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, a, yeah. it's its own vacation, whatever. Right, exactly, exactly. But with Epic Universe being added in with the rest of Universe Orlando. Game over. It's going to be unstoppable. Absolutely yeah. unstoppable. I was yeah, watching, the, uh, the, the, I was watching the theme park stop video yes. earlier today covering all the latest with epic universe yes. so shout out to them what a great resource it's been for me to just stay up to date on everything and uh some of the progress that's been that's been made lately is just unbelievable how all of these things are just happening all at the same time you know and you got yeah. uh, super nintendo world coming to florida that's already incredible and then on the you know right on the other side of the park you've got you know, all the Harry Potter expansions and all, all at the same time, just going up so fast. It's incredible. Yep. And then the mock dueling coaster. I, I yep. mean, there's so much. The How to Train Your Dragon, Intamin, Mini Hagrid's, you know, there's Mini so Hagrid's, much. Yeah. And, and and then the the next generation of the, uh, green, uh, excuse me, of the uh, from Journey technology, the Guka Arm, uh, mm -hmm. you know, you know, I, I'm just, all this, it's just so much that's going in there. But uh, yeah, Alicia Stella Mercer, shout out to her. I've mentioned her on the podcast before, a friend of mine. Uh, uh, along with Ian Kaufman, who's a good friend of mine, I've known for a while now. They both live in Orlando. Uh, they do amazing work on Park Stop and the Theme Park Stop group on Facebook, and the Park Stop podcast, and the Park Stop videos and YouTube channel. Uh, Alicia is a tour de force in terms of keeping up with Universal's uh, developments and what they're working yeah. on. You know, and she's which been, is a she's lot. Also, yeah. 
Oh, it's a lot. She's also covering. Lot, yeah. There's a lot. I mean, I know that you're maybe not going to stay in Southern California forever, and we're you know you're thinking about moving elsewhere. But yeah. for how much longer you're there, the pacing of um, development that she has forecasted for Universal Hollywood is insane. Yeah, and so. you know what? The moment that it was announced that both Animal Actors, the, sh- the animal show, and uh, the special effects show, right? those two shows are beside each other in the park, if you've never been there. And the moment that was announced, that they'd both be closing forever, I think we right. all started to realize, all right, this is real. <laughs> so right. uh, that real estate is prime, you know? So, and even recently I went on a VIP tour there, which is a great experience. I recommend it. It's the best value oh, in the yeah. entire industry for any VIP experience. Absolutely do it if you have one day at Universal Hollywood. Uh, and he even, my tour guide said, you know, a few whispers have been coming around the the team member, you know, groups and they uh they've been talking about some of the possibilities for it and they the rumors seem to be you know based in truth at least so yep 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 and alicia and again we don't get as i said earlier we don't get too deep in the rumors that's why we're kind of glancing over and just talking about very general terms here but uh for those of you interested in learning more about universal's doing on both coasts both in hollywood and orlando i encourage you highly encourage you the park stop group on facebook and the park stop podcast and youtube channel uh, uh alicia and and her her buddy ian her partner in crime they do amazing yeah. work I mean, alicia, i had the pleasure of, of meeting love. them uh briefly but i had the pleasure of meeting them at iapa and i put two and two together and i was like oh i watched that i watched that channel <laughs> that's right yeah they yeah. i think it was it was it when i ran into them i think we used, were you with me yeah, i was morning? holding the ben's pretzel that's for sure yeah 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 it was great running into them there i don't i don't see them very often they they keep pretty busy um but yeah they're great great people but any case so yeah so moving on from the uh, future of theme parks but which is very exciting yeah so <laughs> here in season three uh, we've added a new question in honor of a uh one of our very first fans of coaster challenge from years ago when we we're still youtube channel um dusty Reistra who uh, sadly passed away at a much way too young of an age. He was still a teenager. Uh, and in light of what happened to him and how much it impacted, especially David, who was very close with him, we've added this new question, which is very poignant. Uh, it's a thought-provoking one. So Cameron, how would you like your family, your friends, your colleagues, those that connected with you in life, uh, to remember you when you're gone? You know, I think that the way I live my life now, at least the way that I imagine that I do and I try to do is I think it reflects that pretty well. I want, not everybody understands my love for theme parks and roller coasters and they don't have to, (laughs) but I think they can all agree that I'm passionate about it and that I've put a certain level of myself into it to get something out of it, you know, to, to, uh, to, to find that reward in it. And I think that, I want to be remembered as somebody that didn't hold back and that did the things that he wanted to do and that did the things he needed to do for other people. And um, I just, you know, I want to, I want to be remembered as a friend and not just someone that sat next to somebody on the voyage. You know, I want to be 
because that's really what this is all about, especially for enthusiasts. It's we don't go to the events to ride roller coasters. We go to the events to ride roller coasters with other people that love it as much as we do, you know? So that's kind of what this is all about for me. I want to be remembered as a friend that was there for people and that, you know, gave it his all in everything. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm a very passionate, emotional person. And I think that at least I hope that that has had a positive effect on mine and others' lives. So, Absolutely. Uh, very well said, Cameron. I very much can relate. You know, you know, I'm a very passionate person myself, emotional. And, and sometimes our emotions get the better of us. And, you know, we have pitfalls and we stumble in life. But it's not important that we stumble. It's important that we get back up and we learn and we and we grow and and yeah and, and but right. i relate to a, i relate to a lot of people very well i mean i work in sales and i'm a personal person and i, I love talking to people engaging people helping people uh, and that's in my personal life too you know, like taking people to parks and making sure they have the best day ever uh you know especially their first visit or you know whenever it may be you know kim's come to visit with the kids they've already been to all the parks we've we're going to but i'm going to make sure that they have the best day possible and and you know and just yeah. make it special you know that's what i love doing i love helping people um but i i relate to everyone well but i especially relate to people of that have passion like me and you're one of those kim's like that uh you know very yeah. of friends my friend anthony you know you've been anthony he's like that bennett is very much like that uh you know so many so many friends are like that and uh, and yeah, I love that you're pa- you have passion and I see that, you know, in various aspects of, you know, relating to you as a friend. And, and I think it's great that you want to be seen as someone that was a passionate person that lived life to the, its fullest and that you enjoyed that passion with your friends. I mean, you really can't look for more meaning in life than that, right? It's pretty yeah. powerful. And, you know, it's, you don't find joy in things that just are, you know, gratification necessarily you find you can find happiness you can find you know a lot of you know short-term you know pleasantness from it but really i think giving of yourself and you know finding the people that you can invest in and the people that can invest in you you know that's giving and i think that's where you can find real joy in knowing that you know it's not all about just spending money and getting what you want out of coaster, but as much fun as that is, <laughs> you want to do that with people that, you know, are really positively affecting your life and not necessarily just, you know, let's go crazy, you know? So it's fun to go crazy, but it really is fulfilling when you can do it with those that, you know, that love you and that you love them. So. Absolutely. And, and that's why I tend to, well, a couple there's two reasons why I tend to only go to the parks with friends. One is I've got other interests, actually three reasons. One, I've got other interests. I keep busy with other things and traveling. I, I, I rediscovered how much I love cruises. I just went on a, one cruise, as you know, you know, talked offline. I've just booked two more and, you know, there's that. Um, you I've know, only been also, on Disney cruises, obviously. <laughs> of course, there's that. Well, you, you got you to gotta go on Royal Caribbean. They're amazing. But okay, oh, I'm, huge sure, fan. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm loyal to Royal, as the saying goes. But <laughs> any case, um, even though I'm going to dabble with Virgin, and I'm super excited for that this summer. But a- anyways, um, so, you know, there's uh, these other interests that keep me busy. Um, but also, it's just, I, I, I'm blessed that I have so many friends that come to visit, or even local friends, that I just usually wind up going to parks with friends. I just, I'm not someone that just, oh, I feel like going to a park today. 
because I already spend enough time in the parks when I have friends visiting or just local friends going going with me. But, you know, and that's that's how I look at it. And maybe it's because you and I are very similar in that way, in many ways, that, yeah, I enjoy that social company and I just get so many other stuff, stuff going on. Yeah, I'm just going to the parks when I've got people to go with and I've got other things going on, just, you know, beyond that. Um, because I have been to parks by myself before, but I'm just doing that less and less, um, you know, and I think, yeah, cause it is more meaningful to go with other people. Yeah. You know, and you know, share those experiences. I just, I guess one last little tidbit on that is I, a good friend that I met through Hollywood nights last year is Jeff Joyner. Um, oh yes. And he said it, he said something recently that really stuck with me and, the happiest people you know are the most thankful people you know. Yeah. So I want to be remembered that, yes. as somebody that's grateful yeah. as heck for everything that he has and everything that he works for. So I think that I am grateful to no end for the experiences that I've had with you and with Larry and Jean and with all these other friends and even just the same, the, the solo experiences I've had. I'm so incredibly grateful for it. So I think that's what's provided me the most happiness and joy through this all. So, Amen to that. And Jeff is one of the wisest people I know. Yeah. One of Larry and Gene. And again, it's not, it's no coincidence that they three of them are very close. And, and again, I've, I've been blessed to spend a lot of time with Jeff. Uh, he's always great about when I go to Kings Island, to, even though he's busy, travels a lot. He's always makes it to, to spend some time with yeah. me and, you know, we had great, you and I, we had great time hanging out with him along with Kim because we shared a, shared an Airbnb with, with him and, and, you know, uh, you know, for Hollywood nights last year. And he's just so, I love when I was taking breaks from voyage, I was talking to Jeff cause he doesn't ride much. You know, he's not, he's not a big Thuzi can't ride voyage too much. Uh, it's too intense, you know, to ride a lot for him. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, so I hung out with him and talked to him and I love, I love talking to, I love talking to smart people, people that have a lot of life experience because you can learn so much. And I yeah. appreciate, I want to, you know, appreciate them and show them how much I appreciate them. To your point, I love what, you know, Jeff said about the, you know, most happy people are people that are thankful. That is so poignant. I've yeah. never, I've not heard him say that before because people that take life for granted and take things for granted. Yeah. They're not, they're not appreciating life and they're, they're, they're glancing over the things that are important and is so deep. And yeah. I'm, I'm not, yeah, I'm not surprised at all that Jeff would say something like that. That's fantastic. So thank yeah. you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing that. So speaking of people that are wise and sharing advice, here's another another segue. I'm going to go with a segue. Hey, yeah. you've been helping me. You mentioned Anaheim earlier. So <laughs> what you know, you know about the Coastal Challenge mission, of course. You know we've we've been through the fear journey today and talked about how parks are meaningful to you. You know, given the mission, you know, do you have any advice you'd like to share with our listeners? Yeah, I guess it, it kind of goes hand in hand with how I want to be remembered. I mean, I understand, you know, life is short and I'm young. <laughs> like, I'm not, you know, a 90 year old man standing here saying life is short, but like, <laughs> like it is, it's short, you know, life, life goes by fast. I feel like I was a teenager yesterday, you know? And so I think you, there's a lot of things that you can kind of glean, but, um, be thankful for what you have and, you know, find, find the joy in what you do have because uh, you won't have it forever. You know, I mean, I think that when I was a, a Disney adult, I kind of knew that it wasn't forever. I kind of knew that it was too good to be true. And, uh, you know, when that came to an end, you know, I was provided with something even better. So 
uh, I could not be more grateful, but uh, yeah, I guess I would just say be grateful for what you have. And, you know, that, that goes in with your health too. I mean, like I am not just riding roller coasters and drinking boysenberry punch every, you know, every evening, you know, <laughs> I, I understand, you know, the, the mental aspect of the mental health aspect of it is very physical. It's about being in the sun and getting, getting that sunlight and getting exercise. You know, I, yeah. I am in the gym, I'm playing volleyball, you know, at the beach or whatever, which is a, another privilege of living in California. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, you got to take care of yourself and you got to understand that, you know, yeah, life is short and you got to just kind of steward what you have uh, to the best of, of your ability because it will bring you a lot more fulfillment than just, you know, letting life fly by. So, yeah, no, definitely. That's great advice. And, and actually, I don't, I don't know if anyone has shared that advice before about, you know, not taking life for granted and, you know, not just letting it go by. No, but that, that nonetheless is great advice. So thank you for sharing. And, uh, you know, you are, you know, I've got friends, all kinds of friends, lots of friends. I'm blessed with, with, you know, just amazing friends like yourself and others. And those friends correspond to very young, you know, teenagers, you know, you know, like, you know, I've got some friends that are like 19, 20, 21, you know, a lot of Thuzies, like you're talking about in Southern California, that age. And, and I've got friends like you and, you know, and, and, and Bennett and, so my closest, you know, coaster friends, they're in kind of in their 20s. Yeah. And then I've got, you know, David and Kim, you know, kind of 30s and 40s, you know, around my age. And I've got people like Larry and Gene in their 60s and Jeff. And, you know, it's, it's you, know, you know, it shucks up there too and just across the wide age. But you are one of the most mature people I know and you're only 25. And I know that is Thank because you. you had a fantastic, oh, absolutely. You have a, you know, a fantastic upbringing and how close you are with your parents, your sisters, you know, you, you have a very very strong upbringing, uh, you know, with great I values do, yeah. taught to you. And, and I know you've cherished that and value that. And, I do, and, uh, and I, and I, you are very fortunate and I know you don't take that for granted. Um, but, but, you know, you are very wise, especially for your age. And I mean that, you know, with the utter most compliments and, you know, what you just shared there, you know, a lot of people that are 25, you know, they wouldn't think about that because they've got their whole life ahead of them. And again, a lot of younger people, they, take things for granted and you know so um you're fortunate that you already early on in life are seeing the value and realizing you can't take life for granted so that's great thank you yeah absolutely so uh last thing we'll do here as we always do is uh you know if our listeners would like to kind of get in touch with you and start chatting with you and you know just like you and i did originally on instagram or whatnot whatever you'd like to share in terms of how listeners can find you uh, on social media, our website, YouTube, whatever, whatever you'd like to share. Yeah, I'm on Instagram at Cameron Coasting, C A M E R O N, and uh, yeah, Cameron Coasting on Instagram. I, it, it's a personal Instagram, but it's mostly just to document my Thuzy adventures, you know, for the most part. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, give me a follow, and you know. But if you are ever in uh, in Southern California, I'll be around here probably, and. I'm at knots and on weeknights and hit me up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're there all the time and knots is a fantastic part. It's also up there, you know, kind of those top tier kind of themed theme parks here in the U S it's such a treasure. Yeah. Another part that I've here. really grown to love because I 
didn't quite understand yeah. the history behind it and how it fit in with the Disney history as well, being so close by and, uh, you know, the, it being quite a predecessor to Disneyland, if you will, in a lot of ways. So, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, and I love Disneyland, but there are certain ways that there are certain things that not says better. One thing is not scary farm. Yeah. And there's you things that Disneyland just time. wouldn't have without knots. So yeah. I've oh, really yeah. come to appreciate a lot. So yeah, yeah I'm there energy, quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, listeners, if you go coming to knots, look Cameron up. So maybe you could hang. I out. love to be there, but I love to be there with you know friends, new and old. So nice, nice. That's awesome. I know you always have a great time there, as as do I. Well, thank you so much, Cameron. I really appreciate you know you've been an awesome friend, and I knew you'd be great on the podcast. You're very engaging, and you're very like I said, very wise. And thank you for sharing some of your stories. And I, I really thank appreciate you, you taking me. the time. Absolutely. Our pleasure. Our pleasure. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. If you want to see more of us, we upload every Friday. Be sure to like us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. All at Coaster Challenge. Links are in the description below. Thanks for joining us here today.